I grew up in a Presbyterian home. My dad was a telegrapher for the Canadian National Railway. My mom was a seamstress and a stay-at-home mom. Now, before I was born, my, my dad prayed for a son who would give his life to serving the Lord. And as part of that prayer, he made it his commitment never to speak to that son about this prayer and never to seek to influence him in that direction. He wanted this to be completely from the Lord. Now, as far back as I can remember, I never had a commitment or passion for any other profession. I knew from the age of five, six, or seven what my life calling was. Now, admittedly, I didn't know the details of that calling. But having grown up in a Presbyterian background, however, I assumed that it was to be a Presbyterian minister. And one of the implications of that was a belief in infant baptism. I remember wrestling with that doctrine in high school and seeking to understand its biblical basis. By the time I was ready to go to Bible school, however, I was convinced it was a biblical view. And I could point you to the passages of Scripture and expound the doctrine from the perspective of a covenant theologian. My goal was to go to Bible school and to become a pastor in the Presbyterian Church. Well, I can still remember the setting. Some students had gathered together in the dorm room at Bible College, and somehow the subject of baptism came up. And the words that I heard that day still haunt me to even today. And those words were this, How can any Christian believe in infant baptism? Well, I took those words personally. I felt deeply hurt and felt that these Baptist brothers were calling my very salvation into question. And as time went on, I, I continued to hear people commenting on the, uh, to me on this subject. They would joke about a book they called, that they saw that was called What the Bible Teaches About Infant Baptism. And when you opened it up, it was just blank pages. And they would laugh and move on, leaving me absolutely frustrated and angry. I never expressed that to them. But I felt hurt and rejected because of what I believed. They made me feel like a second-class Christian because of my position. Well, the opportunity came for me to do a research paper on the subject of infant baptism at Bible College. And knowing all the arguments, of course, I determined that I was going to write on the subject. And my goal, of course, was to submit each of these arguments to a deeper examination. Well, let me tell you that that was one of the most difficult research papers that I ever wrote, and it ultimately challenged my position, a position that I had held for many, many years. Now, I want to confess something here. It's one thing to come to a new conviction and quite another to do something about it. As a result of that research paper, I came to a conviction on believers' baptism. I realized that I could no longer hold to the position of my family and church. It would be, however, many, many years before I would have the courage to act upon that conviction. And there are a number of reasons for that. First, 
There were personal. There was a personal understanding of my ministry calling. I, I'd grown up in a tradition of infant baptism. I'd experienced the call of God in my life to full-time ministry within the first five years of my life. I knew nothing but the Presbyterian Church, and in my mind, this was what that call was all about. While, while I was only 20 at the time, this change of view through a, a, a deeply rooted 15-year-old vision into question. It was as if a lifelong vision had been killed right in front of me, and I didn't know what to do. I began to wonder why I was even at Bible school. I, I didn't know any other alternative but the Presbyterian Church. I, I didn't realize at the time that I, I had to die to my own ideas of, of God's calling and my, and, and, and my understanding of that calling. And over the months and years that followed, that God showed me that my, my calling was to be bigger than one church and denomination. He, he called me into, into missions, into, into a ministry that would reach uh, around the world. But that first issue for me was my own understanding of that calling and, and having to die to my own understanding of what God had for me. But the second issue related to my family and to my family tradition. I had to deal with the fact that infant baptism was was my family tradition and and it had been so for for generations and this view of baptism now placed me in a very disturbing place i i can't tell you how hard it was to break with my family over this issue except to say that some of them did not take this change of view very well and and took it quite personally I understand that I understood that that would be hard for my family, and I felt in many times that it would be preferable for me to die than to stand against my family. And for that reason, I literally refused to be baptized as a believer for years. And then, thirdly, there was my anger with Baptists. I didn't do anything about being baptized as a believer because, yes, I was angry with Baptists. They were the ones who questioned whether I, I was a Christian for believing in infant baptism. They were the ones who mocked me and joked about my belief. And it angered me that they knew nothing about the Presbyterian argument but still mocked it. There, there, there was inside of me a sense of pride that didn't want to surrender to their position and hear them say, so you finally came to see the light, did you, at the end of all of this? And so my anger and my pride stood in the way. So for many years, I refused to do anything about my view of baptism. It remained an unpracticed belief. And every so often, I'd feel a gentle conviction from the Lord, but I continually and faithfully resisted that conviction from the Lord. I, it, it seemed, however, to come to a head, and, and, and the conviction became so strong that I, that I felt that I could no longer resist it. And so I made an appointment with the pastor of the church I was attending and went to see him. I sat down in, his, in front of his desk, and I don't know for how long I talked, but he quietly listened for the entire time. And when I finished it was speaking about it, I, I concluded by saying something like this, I think I need to do something about this. And when I finished speaking, 
he said to me, well, he says, I, I, I don't think there's anything more to say. You, you said everything. And then he went on to say something else that shook me to the very core. He said, it just happens that there is a baptismal service on Sunday. Would you like to be part of it? There was nothing he could have said that would have crushed me more than that. And I still remember my, my response, I don't know. To which he replies, you, you spent all this time telling me that you believe what you believe and that you needed to do something about it. And now when I tell you that there's an opportunity for you to do something about it, you say, I don't know. And as I listened to that, I understood something of the hypocrisy of why what I was doing and he told me that day, he said, Wayne, you're putting other things before God, aren't you? And I said, yes, I am, but I can't do anything about it right now. And I left his office with the hypocrisy of those words still ringing in my ears. And I believe I left him wondering why I'd even made an appointment to come and see him. But despite that, the last words I heard him speak as I left the office were these, let me know before Sunday if you change your mind. Well, let me tell you, that was a miserable week. There was such an intense battle raging in my heart and mind, and I fought God and his conviction in my heart. I did not want to be baptized, but I knew that I needed to be, to be true to my convictions. And I, I can remember praying one day, Lord, I said, I want to obey. But I just wish the pastor would hold me under the water so that I could die, knowing that I obeyed, but not have to face the consequences and what comes after. And as I wrestled with that through that week, I remember taking a sheet of paper and marking pro and con on the top. And under each category, I listed the reasons for and against. And when I completed that list, I could see intellectually what I needed to do. I was intellectually convinced, but my heart was not there. It ultimately came down to an act of the will. Would I be true to my convictions or not? I didn't want to be baptized, but my understanding of Scripture now told me that I should be, so what was I going to do? And I remember picking up the phone to make one of the most difficult phone calls I ever made to that, in that, up to that point. And I phoned that pastor and I said, I think, I think I need to be baptized. He responded, shall I put your name on the list? Well, it took a few tries for him to get an answer out of me. But by the time I had hung up the phone, I, I was on that list, whether I wanted it or not. The evening before the baptism, I wished I could have died. I remember the tears and the crying out to God, telling him how much I wished I could die. That didn't happen. I found myself in church on this Sunday I was in a change room when another pastor came by and he pulled his head in and simply read a passage of scripture. And those who believed were baptized. He didn't anticipate what took place after that. 
I broke down into uncontrollable sobbing. He didn't know what to do. He didn't know how to respond and just left me there trembling. As I sat there waiting my turn, I could hear the swishing of water as one candidate after another was being baptized, and with each swish came an equally great outpouring of water in the form of tears and uncontrollable sobbing. My whole body shook and trembled as I sat there, and, and, and finally my time came, and I, and I waded into that baptismal tank, and the pastor asked me if there was anything I wanted to say, and the only words that came out that day is, I don't don't want to be here, but I know I need to be obedient. And with that, I was plunged into the water. But I fought God all the way. For years after my baptism, I, I could not sit in a baptismal service without breaking down into uncontrollable sobbing at least five or six years. The whole pew would shake as I wept and trembled. And, and I have to say that to that point in my life, to be baptized was one of the hardest decisions I ever had to make. The rejection and misunderstanding at Bible school had a profound impact on me. No one ever legitimately sat down and truly wanted to know why I believed what I believed. No one ever truly showed interest in listening to what I believed. That experience, however, taught me to, to die to myself in a new way. It showed me that there were, there are times when, when we need to take up arms against ourselves to do what's right. There are times when we need to die to, to what we treasure in life. My family, my tradition, my church, my pride. I, I had learned, I had to learn that if I was going to make any progress in my walk with Christ, He needed to be first and I needed to surrender everything to Him. The issue ultimately was not so much about baptism as it was dying to everything I held on to and what I felt the Lord was asking me to do. That experience taught me that if I'm going to follow Jesus, there are going to be times when it's costly. There are going to be sacrifices to make I'm going to have to die to my own wishes and desires. And as years unfolded, those lessons would become very important for me in my spiritual walk. But there's something else the Lord has taught me as I look back over the years that comes directly out of the concerns that I had and my hesitation to be obedient to what I felt God was asking me to do in those days. I believed that I would be working with the Presbyterian Church and that my understanding of baptism would keep me keep that from happening. And that was a challenge for me. But you know, as I look over the 38 years of ministry, the Lord took me overseas for about nine years and then I came back to Canada, and out of the 38 years of ministry, 30 of those years have been devoted to ministering to Presbyterians, and God has put me in Presbyterian churches. And the Lord showed me that he can do what I never thought possible. By dying to my vision, he restored it three or four times over. That's my personal journey. But it's not your personal journey. 
the question we have to ask ourselves here is, where's God taking me? Don't expect things to be easy. Don't expect it to always even look like you anticipated. As hard as it is to take a step of faith, and this particular step of faith for me was a very difficult one, I've never regretted it. I I gleaned much from the lessons learned as I struggled and wrestled and battled and fought with God in those days. I'm coming to understand that I can't hold on to anything that the Lord wants to take. But I can never let go of what the Lord wants me to keep. I just have to make sure it's his purpose and walk faithfully in it. And only in his will can I find his fullest blessings. And so may God give to each of us the willingness to die to whatever he calls us to die to. For he will never call us to die to anything that he will not repay many times over. So let's trust him. Let's walk faithfully. Let's seek his purpose. Let's be willing to sacrifice and die to whatever he asks of us so that his blessing can pour unhindered by our refusal to obey and walk in his purpose. 